Welcome back to Speaking of Wounds, a podcast by the Wound Care Learning Network. We have two very special guests with us today that are going to help us have an in-depth discussion about the pharmacological side of wound care. Do you guys mind introducing yourself? Tell us a little bit about your background and what you're currently up to. Absolutely, thank you for that introduction, Martha. My name is Dr. Servan Patel. I'm a licensed pharmacist. I'm also the managing partner of Smithville Pharmacy located in Central Texas, um, Smithville, Texas, actually. It specializes in customizing anti-infectives and pain treatments for wound care providers and patients alike. And uh, on this call with me, we also have the captain of our ship, uh, Dr. Josh Coons. He's the pharmacist in charge over at Smithville Pharmacy. Hello, nice to meet you. Thank you both for joining us for this podcast. You know, the pharmacological side of wound care is one of the topics that's near and dear to my heart. And I feel like it's often overlooked. So for those guests that are joining this podcast, can we start with maybe the basics of, so what is a PharmD? Yeah, so a PharmD is just simply a doctor of pharmacy. It's a full four-year doctorate degree after about a couple of years of prerequisites. Um, but way before there were PharmDs, um, pharmacist education started out as an apprenticeship where we just learned on the job working with other pharmacists. And around the 1920s is when formal education uh, curriculum started with the sole focus on re retail setting, settings, uh, just think the old school soda shops. Uh, basic sciences were taught and practice related subjects. All the, those were deemed the essentials. And the focus back then was mainly just on dispensing drugs. In fact, I found this little note that says, and, uh, from 1922 American Pharmaceutical Association Code of Ethics, it stated that the pharmacist should never discuss the therapeutic effect of a physician's prescription <laughs> with a patron, nor disclose details of composition, which the physician has withheld, suggesting to the patient that such details can be properly discussed with the prescriber only. That part <laughs> kind of blew me away. I can't imagine today's fact you go to pick up a prescription. They're like, sorry, we can't tell you what it is, what's in it. <laughs> that would just. Or how you're me. supposed to feel or yeah. not feel. <laughs> sorry, can't and, tell you. <laughs> and, when, and when to call your doctor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're having these symptoms. Now might be a good time to call. That's hysterical. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, we've, we've come a long way, haven't we? Yeah, we have. <laughs> so the, let me ask, let me yeah. ask this question during, during traditional doctor of pharmacology training or, or schooling, are you trained on the pharmacological side effects as it relates to, to skin or wounds? Um, if we not in full detail, um, I'm just thinking about myself when I'm, looking back there if it was taught it was probably like we had modules uh, during mm -hmm. the school where you spent you know focus on specific things the endocrinology and everything and uh, there probably was mention of it in the derm uh, module um, that would probably be the only time I remember it being touched on but it was definitely not focused on so let me ask this when you're in PharmD school or even after you you graduate and become a PharmD if there are questions about medications or skin, who do you think would be the natural progression to reach out to? Would it be the MD, the DO, the nurse, the, who would you reach out to? 
Absolutely. The great question that actually, I would say, and I put the question back on the person asking the question um, <laughs> and in, in which, in which uh, uh, angle or point of view are you, are you looking at it from? Are, mm -hmm. are you questioning the wound from a pharmacokinetic, or I'm sorry, if you're, if you're questioning the medication to be used on the wound um, in general, if you're just questioning the, the medication to be used, you probably want to start with a diagnostic professional, or maybe mm -hmm. you, you take the non-traditional approach and talk with the pathologist. And, you know, if you're going to get, you know, tissue samples or cultures and send it to a PCR lab, you know, I would say they're at the forefront of the diagnostic technology realm. Mm -hmm. um, actually prescribing a medication, you definitely want to go talk with a, an ordering provider. Um, you know, the specialist, you know, you can start with, with an internal medicine, you can go up to an infectious disease expert. But when it comes to the actual pharmacokinetic and pharmacodynamic properties of the medication itself, and when you're questioning the route of administration, whether you're going to take it orally or intravenously or topically mm -hmm. or nasally or any other route of administration, that's when a pharmacist's expertise really comes into play. And unfortunately, at least specific to the wound care space, it is not a heavily studied and a heavily documented concept that has a lot of mm -hmm. data behind it. There's lots of data on anything you can find at a CVS or Walgreens, because those are all commercially manufactured products. They've all gotten FDA approval. There's FDA studies behind it. So anything oral or anything you get over at a hospital that's given to you intravenously, great data on it. And honestly, that's what pharmacists are taught in school. That's what nurses will be taught. That's what MDs are taught because there's data on it. But when you're mm -hmm. going into the cutting edge, you're in the leading edge of wound care, where diagnostic technologies are coming out, just now coming out, that are going beyond the usual petri dishes of culturing bacteria and, and just dealing with antibiotics and the routes of administration that are currently known, there's not mm -hmm. much data out there. But there is a lot of proof that these you know, new age technologies, they do work. And it's not just anecdotal evidence. It's not just small case studies. There is definitely some data out there that show that it works. Uh, to put it in perspective, how limited we are in the acceptance of this um, of, of this new these new technologies, whether it's for diagnosing or treating. Um, mm -hmm. Martha, I'm sure you're familiar with the word biofilm. Anyone Absolutely. in the wound care space mm -hmm. worth their salt? Mm -hmm. No, offense, no offense. If you don't know the word biofilm, <laughs> you're probably you know not not nearly into the industry as you think you are. But, if <laughs> right. but for some reason. The FDA, they do not recognize, they do not formally or officially recognize the word biofilm. Mm. So mm. that just goes to show that despite all of the, the mounting evidence of the, the, the fact that there is biofilm and these new technologies out there to help accurately diagnose wounds and obviously new technologies with new formulations to treat wounds, there's still um, a lot of education and awareness that needs mm. to be brought to light to, to, to improve you know, patient outcomes. Mm -hmm. I, it's interesting because I asked that question on purpose because it was like my first week at the you know advanced wound center where I took on running the clinic and I can remember running their heal rates and their heal rates were like 60%. Of course, we're talking, this has maybe been a decade or so ago. And I approached the doctors. There was about seven of them, you know, vascular surgeons, general surgeons, ER, ID, you know, had a whole different trove of wound specialists, so to speak. And I can remember asking them why the heal rates were so low. And then also realizing that some of the things they were mix mixing and matching 
if you simply read the package insert, were clearly contraindicated to be putting together. For example, you know, calcium alginate and hydrogel. You're picking a dressing that dries with a, a dressing that contributes moisture. And so I stopped and said, so how are you choosing the dressings that you're ordering? And the doctor pointed at one of my nurses and said, well, I do whatever she tells me to do. <laughs> and I said, did you just point at her? And they said, yeah. And I said, have you ever seen her before today? No. And I said, yeah, because she floated up here from ICU because they have low census. She doesn't know anything about wound care. And they said, well, yeah, but in nursing school, you guys learn wound care. And I said, no, we don't. I didn't have a single wound care course in nursing school. And the doctor turned and looked at me and said, you're kidding. I didn't have a wound care course in doctor school either. And so it was kind of like that realization of, okay, it's sometimes the blind leading the blind. If you're not all in learning and researching and looking for that information and dedicating yourself to wound care, if you're relying on the other guy based on their training, there may not be training. So I guess knowing that medications can have harmful effects on the skin, knowing that maybe there's not training in PharmD school about the pharmacokinetics or other properties with medications and wound healing, where could you recommend that a PharmD go to find out more information? I've, it's, I haven't found a one-stop shop for medications. Um, like I've looked at, I used uh, clinical pharmacology has always been my go-to. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, I, I remember trying to just look for general effects on skin and you could, only way you could do it is if you went to like each side effect, like atopic dermatitis, then it would show a giant list of every drug that's even possible. So mm. it's not a easy way to do it, but it's one way to do it. Um, there's also other things like Hippocrates that most, some people use that um, they will just list out photosensitizing agents. They have a list on there. Um, and the U.S. Pharmacist uh, Magazine published an article in 2012 that just was titled Drug-Induced Skin Disorders that covered a, a lot of them. Um, but then there's also, on top of that, you have the side effects that are related to the immune system, um, you know, which directly or indirectly affect skin process. Um, and then there's the medications on top of that that affect skin integrity. Um, when I was looking, I found that your old website, the, the woundcarelearningnetwork.com was a great resource, resource when I was, when I've tried to look for something. I've spent a lot of time exploring that, your website. Um, and since there is a one, isn't a one-stop shop, um, it does take a lot of collaboration, research, teamwork between all providers to compile information, to have, do studies and have evidence-based literature to support the use and the evolution of both pharmacy in the pharmacy setting as well as healthcare overall. Mm. Um, Gentlemen, I'm hearing an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, we need a champion for this project. Um, we'll have to talk to HMP about this after we're done. <laughs> so should, do you feel like long-term care communities uh, ex should expect or even encourage PharmDs to include side effects or deleterious effects of medications on skin and wounds, knowing, I don't know, it seems like our senior population is some of the more, the population that can be so negatively impacted by polypharmacy, um, and then even the effects of these uh, pharmacological agents on wounds and skin. 
Yeah. What uh, are your thoughts? I mean, I believe that all healthcare providers associated with long-term care should be familiar with medications that can neg negatively affect the skin and wounds, but especially PharmDs. That's what us PharmDs are trained for, uh, to provide that extra layer of expertise, promoting better outcomes for the patients. Um, that being said, most PharmDs probably aren't as familiar with medications that are specific to side effects uh, on the mm -hmm. skin, unless they actually are, you know, specialized in derm or the, the few of us that are in the wound care field. And um, as you know, the wound care field is constantly evolving, and that's why I believe it is a true team effort, and PharmDs do play an integral role as the actual medication expert. Um, they've even, some studies have now come out we finally get in some studies saying that uh, wound treatments do um, that prove that implement implementation of personalized topical therapeutics guided by molecular diagnosis results in statistically and clinically significant improvements in outcomes. Um, so it's it's finally get some studies that's proven it's a the I guess should be the gold standard. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure why that isn't. <laughs> But it's, I think it's just an ongoing process and it's ongoing education and it's just trying to get as a big a team as possible is how I believe it's the best way to do it. And then you're avoiding all the negative side effects of systemic antibiotics or potential side effects that are so harmful to aging and aged populations that may already have wounds like C. diff or, you know, maybe increase in mental confusion or, you know, things like that. Gosh, yeah. that just makes sense to me. And I haven't even read the research study yet. So <laughs> yeah, and that's what um, I got into the compounding field. That was a whole, um, I guess, a different realm um, beyond just what we learned in pharmacy school. We did learn some compounding. And then when I started finding out and learning about all the different topical compounds, I was I'm excited to know that there's medications out there that, like you said, avoid all the systemic side effects and can you know, target the specific areas without, you know, taking an oral antibiotic, having to have deal with all the side effects with that. You can have targeted therapies. Um, and, the, and then when I got into wound care on top of that, it's even more specialized. Um, there's a lot of data out there. It takes a lot of sifting through it to find things that work. And like I said, a lot of teamwork. I think that one of the eye-opening things in my career was learning that medications can cause wounds and realizing that those wounds can look very much identical to pressure ulcers and then can be commonly misdiagnosed as pressure ulcers when in fact they're a side effect of the medication. And I, early on in my lecture career, would speak to that. And sometimes I would have audience members challenge me. And, you know, my dad was one of those people. He had stage 4B multiple myeloma and plasma cell leukemia. So he had huge lytic lesions in his bones by the time he was diagnosed. So he was on chronic IV bisphosphonate treatment for almost 10 years and developed osteonecrosis of the jaw. But because nobody had ever really survived, he was one of the first autologous stem cell transplants. They didn't know that prolonged IV bisphosphonate treatments could result in that. It was not well documented. So we're talking in the late 90s, early 2000s. And 
he lived with a draining ulcer in his mouth for seven years and nobody could tell him what to do about it. There was a lot of difference of opinions. And towards the end of his life, they finally said, wow, a lot of people are ending up with this ONJ stuff <laughs> from yeah. prolonged bisphosphonates. And I can remember even two of my patients at the Advanced Wound Center, um, they were on hydroxyurea for sickle cell. And I think the other one was on it for pre-leukemia disorder. And both of them had developed wounds over the Achilles tendon or malleolus type area. And both of them, finally we were able to determine that both of them were most likely side effects of a drug. And so you get into that like balance scale. If we stop the drug, they go into full-blown sickle cell or full-blown leukemia. If they continue the drug, the wounds aren't gonna heal. And so what do you do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Call your PharmD, call the primary care, have lots of discussions, educate, educate, put the patient in the driver's seat. It's their leg, they're attached to it. <laughs> that means I don't get to vote. It means we give them options and they have to choose an option, you know? And so it was that those two back-to-back -back moments of, wait a minute, why aren't we including PharmDs in wound care? So it was so thrilling for me when the two of you said, yes, we'll hop on a podcast and we'll air out this subject and talk about how PharmDs are under-recognized, but also we need more training, we need more education, we need more clinical research studies, more published data from manufacturers or pharmaceutical companies so that PharmDs can help get involved in the conversation. So if a PharmD is resistant, what can we do to encourage their participation as part of that interdisciplinary wound healing team? Well, it's, it's a requirement for, um, for us PharmDs to get our degree to do various rotations in the hospitals, retail settings. Um, and we've all had various experience collaborating with a wide range of providers um, to identify the best course of treatments and to, for outcomes for patients. Um, so for a long time, like you said, pharmacists have been underutilized for their expertise. I think a lot of it too has to do with the, um, in the, I guess, newer pharmacy schools, once I, once I started, you're basically trained to be a clinical pharmacist. And I know a lot of the older pharmacists before me, they were trained, you know, the, the drugs, they had, you know, were still educated, but they weren't trained as a part of a team, they were just the ones out there dispensing. You think of the ones that are like the retail setting where they're just, um, they are of course checking interactions and everything, but their main job is dispensing medications. And that's what I was excited when, by the time I got into school, that's when I started to switch the focus to, for the, they basically trained us to be a clinical pharmacist. Mm. Um, so they, they a doctor of pharmacy, they're trained to be a collaborative uh, part of a team and kind of like I said, just to kind of be the drug expert. Um, but then you have all the different specialties. They, they specialize just like doctors do now where they go into oncology and pediatrics. And um, so there's still a long ways to go. Um, but as far as if you find it, if I found, if you found like a PharmD that's actual still resistance, it's probably just like I would have been not too long ago if someone asked me a wound uh, question. I was, I was, this is, it's a whole different world. Um, I know mm -hmm. what, once I was out, I started in retail setting. And so that, you know, those simple things like that weren't taught. I could have told you 
probably found out what drugs that could possibly have some uh, negative side effects. But um, I think it wasn't until I started getting the compounding where they kind of, you kind of get uh, trained to think outside the box. Um, that's mm-hmm. when I started getting to a, a little closer to being able to uh, help in the wound care field. Then when I actually started in the wound care field, it opened up a whole different realm of medications and possibilities. And uh, you said it's, I don't think a farm D would be resistant on purpose. It just might be, they're just not comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. I'm glad the two of you are out there championing the cause and helping, you know, helping farm D's and the rest of us wound uh, wound interdisciplinary teams recognize the problem and start the conversation. So doctor and doctor, if they want to get in touch with you, what's your contact info? You can visit woundpharmacy.com and you can uh, reach out to us there, schedule a call with us, and we're more than happy to help any organization or provider and uh, just to uh, get them started with uh, including a wound care pharmacy within their uh, organization. That's amazing. Do you have a, are you on social media? Do you also have a phone number they can reach out to? 512-237-5216. And you can also reach us at info at smithvillepharmacy.com. Great. Gentlemen, that was a great discussion. And I am so happy that you joined us. I would love to talk to you all day long, but we are out of time. I want to thank the listeners also uh, for tuning in. Be sure to check out the woundcarelearningnetwork.com for more podcasts, articles, and videos on various topics in wound care. Also be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, or where you normally listen to your podcast. We hope you tune in to our next podcast and thank you for listening to Speaking of Wounds.